All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition, the Friday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Yep, we've got a great conversation today. My good friend, the great House Intelligence Committee chief investigator who helped unravel with Devin Nunes, the Russia collusion narrative, then went to the National Security Council to oversee counterterrorism operations, including the killing of Iranian General Soleimani, and then went to the Defense Department where he was chief of staff to Secretary Christopher Miller. And one of the people involved in making sure that Nancy Pelosi was offered the National Guard two days before January 6th, her team turned it down, as we know, is joining us. His name is Cash Patel. You know who he is. We're going to talk today about what has happened in the last week in the John Durham investigation. Really, really significant signs that the Clinton team, Clinton Inc., is panicked, intervening at the last minute, trying to become a participant in the criminal case. Really, really significant revelations. And you know, John Podesta, the former chairman of the campaign, Robbie Muck, the former campaign manager, the Perkins Cooey Law Firm, the former law firm, they've all come in and said, hey, we want to block the release of evidence in this trial because we think it's covered by attorney-client privilege. Cash Patel has some pretty strong feelings about that, and we're going to walk through that and what may really be going on on the inside. There's probably a much larger story. Cash is going to get to that. And then because we live in this moment of extraordinary censorship, because we live in this moment of extraordinary communication challenges. We have a president that often fumbles his words. Uh, Yesterday, he was asked about Title 42, and he answered about the mask mandate, clearly confusing them and not even realizing he had confused them. We're going to bring in one of the great communicators of all time. He is a crisis communicator. He's a political communicator. He's just an everyday human communicator. Dan Renee is here. We're going to talk about the censorship thing, the difference between President Trump and President Biden on communication, all the vitriol. Is there a way to tone it down and get back to America? We in America. A really great conversation with someone that really understands the language, the art, the expression, the body language that goes into essential effective communication. So Dan Renee, we'll have some really fun conversations about that. So let's not waste any time. Let's get started right away. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, 
First up, of course, our good friend and really one of the most essential people in helping me and others like Devin Nunes unravel the Russia collusion investigation, the Russia collusion narrative, the false narrative. He'll be joining us, Cash Patel, right after this. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar's down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I love having this guy on the show. You do, too. You buckle your seatbelt. You're ready for a great ride every time he's piloting the ship. Joining me right now, my great friend, the former uh, chief investigative counsel for the House Intelligence Committee, the man who unraveled the Russia collusion scandal alongside of Devin Nunez, and then served the president on the National Security Council and the Pentagon, my good friend, Cash Patel. Cash, great to have you back on. 
John, thanks so much. I, I love being with you. I'm always energized when I talk to you because you keep bringing the actual facts to the people, and it's just refreshing. That's amazing what's going on. And, and you know, I, I've, people say, oh, it's so great what all you guys did to unravel Russia collusion. And the truth of the matter is, I think we were a little off. It's worse than even I thought. I mean, it's, <laughs> when you see the stuff that Durham has, you go, oh, my God, the CIA figured out it was contrived in 2017. Wow. It's, um, it is absolutely amazing. And uh, I want you to walk us through this week. Cause this is the week, I think, the Clinton mm-hmm. machine imploded on itself. You can see everybody scrambling to protect their own interests, and there's going to be some cross-firing going on now. Tell us what you see in these 15 filings that dropped this week. Yeah, I think it's the irony of ironies that the Crossfire Hurricane uh, investigation named by the FBI is now Crossfire Clinton, uh, <laughs> thanks to John Durham. Uh, these people, you know, look, you know the law, you know cases, you know investigations, John, but your audience really needs to do two things. One, read the article that you put out this morning, because it is the best summary I've seen on John Durham since John Durham has been going. And I didn't tell you this, John, but I had a certain conversation with a certain foreign president last night who is currently reading your article and has said it's one of the best he's ever read. So I encourage your audience to read it. But what has happened is John Durham has basically utilized the facts and removed himself from the middle and allowed the firing squad that is the Clinton machine. And what we mean by that, Michael Sussman, Mark Elias, Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele, Podesta, Robbie Mook, yep. they are all entering into this case that they are not even named in and firing at each other. And John Durham's like, well, let me step out of the way. You know, if you've got, this, if you've got the facts and the law in a moving train uh, that you don't need to put coal into, then you just watch it. And that's kind of what he's doing because – the couple of key things here are, he has said what you let off with. The FBI and the CIA knew and came to a conclusion in 2016 and 17 that the Alpha Bank information that Sussman conjured up with Tech Exec Jaffe was total BS. It's in John Durham's pleading. What I want to know now, John, is why did Trump's CIA director, Mike Pompeo, sit on that conclusory information. Why did he not walk to the White House and say, Mr. President, my CIA has determined this Alpha Bank server issue is nonsense. He needs to answer that question because that type of information, as you and I, John, both know, goes to the director of the CIA's office. It doesn't language there. It's that that sensitive. Um, It goes right to the top. Yep. So he's got got something to answer for. And you you better make sure that uh, everyone knows that I will make sure President Trump knows that he is owed an answer on on that fact. But putting that aside, the FBI is not surprising, John. We knew this. They made up information for the Steele dossier to get the FISA warrant. They also came basically to the same determination that they were a little cheekier. They were like, we can't tell if this is real. That's FBI speak for it's false. We just don't want to say so because we still want to use it. And I thought the biggest thing from John Durham's pleading and the response pleadings was that he has now proven and shown to the world what you and I have been reporting on for the last four or five years. The Steele dossier, uh, uh, you know, route to upend the president and uh, his presidency was taken on by the same Clinton campaign people and run in a parallel track as the Alpha Bank servicing. And John Durham succinctly puts in two paragraphs in pages 24 of his pleading where he said all of that information was being paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign right. through Mark Elias and Michael Sussman indicted and being put out into the media by the same characters at Fusion GPS, um, Christopher Steele, and Rodney Joffrey. They're all now connected. You and I both knew that, John. People thought these were two different things, nope. two different animals, one and the same. 
And I think that's the biggest takeaway from all this. And the thing that makes me laugh the most is Fusion GPS, who I deposed in Congress um, under oath, has now filed a pleading for their their lawyer and said to the world, Fusion GPS is not an opposition research company. But isn't it the opposite (laughs) of what they told you? I'm pretty sure it is, John. Yeah. But their lawyer, I mean, this is how bad it's gotten. The, the, the essence of their business, that they are an opposition investigatory research firm, that's what they build themselves as, now they've fled in federal court to hide behind attorney-client privilege. No, no, that's not what we were doing. We were just advising uh, Mark Elias and Sussman on anticipated litigation, which is fancy speak for please hide everything we found um, so the world doesn't see it. No, they're, they're not arguing the substance, John. Not them, not Podesta, not Moot, not Elias, none of them. They're not arguing the substance. They're arguing procedure, yep. procedure that won't hold. And when you argue that kind of procedure, you, John, you know, and your audience knows, it means you've lost the case. Yeah, so let me ask you about their claim of attorney-client privilege, because I've talked to a lot of lawyers in the last 12 hours who are laughing at this, because didn't uh, Mr. Sussman, when he went to the FBI and to the CIA, and he dumped this attorney-client privilege to a third party. He pierced the privilege, right? They gave up the privilege at that point by going and sharing their alleged attorney-client product with a third party. Isn't that right? You're absolutely right. And I don't even know that, actually, I don't even know that John Dermott picked up on that very astute point. Attorney-client privilege for my former federal prosecutor days is vitiated, eliminated if you share it with a third party. Yeah. But what John Dermott is saying, he's coming in over the top and saying, no, 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 you can't hide behind these privilege laws. This is an attempt to block information of an ongoing fraud. You cannot use the attorney-client privilege. There's a crime fraud exception. You can't go and commit a crime and then say, I hired an attorney, nothing to see here. That's basically (laughs) what he's saying, but he's doing it in a much smarter fashion. And he's going to ask the judge, he actually asked the judge, he says, Judge, why don't you look at all the information in camera, you know, in chambers alone, and then you decide if it's relevant to my case in chief. But But John Durham goes, I just want to remind you, Judge, the defense in this case raised the issue that the information that uh, Michael Sussman lied about was not material. And remind your audience, why is that important? Because lying to the FBI is only uh, valid in, in federal court as a crime. It's material, it's material. Right. But so John Durham brilliantly said, oh, you guys raised the defense is not material? Let me show you all the reasons why it's material based on your own email, Sussman, your own work product, Fusion GPS, your own actual wording clinton world and it's a pretty brilliant move yeah i got news for you i I don't know john durham but i sure as hell wouldn't want to play poker with the guy the guy has the best (laughs) poker face in history every time the democrats think they got him he goes oh surprise boom and hits him it's it's pretty remarkable um i've been thinking through this a lot uh since this happened yesterday and you and i've talked and and you have the best uh, insights into this but think of all the places that this attorney client privilege uh, material got sent to. Christopher Steele was leaking to the State Department. He leaked to the FBI. Mm-hmm. He gave it to the FBI. Mm-hmm. They were sending it around to any reporter that would listen to it. Most people wouldn't didn't take it seriously at first. Um, they shared this thing so far and so wide, it's laughable to claim now that they have an attorney-client privilege. But the, <laughs> the, the second part of it is there are now, it seems to me, very clear indications in the Durham record that 
when they were sharing this information, they knew it to be fraudulent. They knew it to be inaccurate. They knew mm-hmm. it. And first off, you've got the tech people around uh, Sussman telling them, oh, this is a red herring. Uh, you can't make anything but an inference out of this. They knew it was bogus, right? Uh, you've mm-hmm. got uh, the State Department instantly realizing that when Christopher Steele said, oh, there's an operation out of the Russia embassy in or consulate in Miami, there was no Russian consulate in Miami. So they knew that was bogus, right? <laughs> Um, I, yep. I can't wait to see John Durham's next filing back, but I assume yep. he's going to just blast all this out at one time. Yeah, so look, this is what, you know, it's a great preview to what's coming. You know, in my days as a public defender and prosecutor, I tried 60 criminal jury trials to verdict. As you get close to trial, the motions practice heats up, and you've seen this. We saw 16 filings in one day just this past week, and they're just getting started. And the fact that they are so frantic, they being the defense and the defense's uh you know, I call them conspirators, but they're not named right. in the indictment. They're coming in. They're scared. They know they're trying to get their individual clients, the Sussmans, excuse me, the MOOCs, the Podestas, the Fusion GPSs out of the way. And here's how you know why they are completely scared. They have collectively asked the, the judge in the Michael Sussman case to preclude Christopher Steele from testifying for the government. Yeah. And I want everybody to pause on that. The star of the Russiagate collusion conspiracy narrative, who was a Democratic, you know, uh, God for so many years. Now these same Democrats are saying, wait a second, Judge, you can't allow Christopher Steele to testify. You know why? Because they know it was a lie. And they know he's going to have to testify under oath. And they know he's going to kill Sussman and Clinton world. That is the ultimate irony. It's, It's poetic justice at its finest. And uh, it couldn't happen to a worse group of people, and they deserve it. Yeah, listen, this is serious stuff. And, and it seems to me that the storyline, which was very muted, very narrow when John Durham brought this indictment, you, know, right, you lied to the FBI. That's kind of a narrow issue, important issue, mm-hmm. but narrow. Now you're seeing, you know what? He was going to, in this trial, he was going to show the whole scam from the start to finish. And that's what they're now trying to stop, right? They don't want all these things to come out. Mm-hmm. About, they don't even want the CIA analysis to be introduced. They're saying that's irrelevant. Wait a second. You lied to the FBI and you gave them bogus information and we can't show the jury that you gave them bogus information. It's just remarkable when you when you look at where they sit at this moment. Now, there are no accidents when something is lawyered up as much as this is. And all those 15 <laughs> filings were clearly coordinated, right? They all have very similar language. Of course. But I'm going to take two people that are at the top of the food chain at the Clinton campaign. Robbie Mook is the campaign manager. John Podesta uh-huh. is the campaign chairman. They have a very different story. Robbie Mook is out there saying, hey, I had no idea who the vendors were until much later. I didn't know that there were vendors. I just assumed that they were doing the work. <laughs> John Podesta doesn't make that claim. And I think we can read into that, that John Podesta clearly knew that people like Fusion GPS and and the British spy, Christopher Steele, were involved. Um, Were there any other subtleties, as you read through it, that jumped out at you and say, ah, there's some hints in here about the problems that the Democrats have? Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are some of the biggest ones, John. But I think the other name we need to remember that's not talked about is Jake Sullivan. Yeah, absolutely. So Jake Sullivan, the head of the Clinton campaign. So you have the, 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 you know, the three-headed monster of the Clinton campaign, Podesta, Mook, and Sullivan, the campaign chairman and campaign boss and the campaign chair. And they're not on the same sheet of music because they're lying. I interviewed these guys under oath. Yeah. And are you telling me they spent tens of millions of dollars of Clinton campaign money? Oh, which, by the way, they they cop to an FEC violation of the law just two weeks ago saying 
they got caught spending campaign dollars on Russian. Yeah, dirt. they estimate it was about a million dollars, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it's a but, big dollar. You know, figure. let's put that aside. These, yep. these guys are, are we to believe they don't actually know what's going on, and now they're just trying to save their own rear ends. But I think the point that you know, sus, excuse me, uh, Durham made that's most stunning to me is he put everybody in one place for the first time in one federal pleading. What do I mean by that? He put Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele, Perkins Coie in a meeting in September of 2016 in this federal pleading and said these guys got together and yep. conjured up the Russia Gate hoax. Not just the Steele.ca hoax, right. but also the Alpha, Alpha Bank, Bank server hoax, which yeah. we now know from the FBI and CIA, they proved at the time was bogus. He showed them that meeting. And then what happens right after that meeting? Michael Sussman walks to the FBI and pitches in this dirt. Yeah. He has exposed the heartbeat of this conspiracy, the epicenter of where it began. You and I knew it because we interrogated these people back when, uh, under oath, we got the FBI documentation. Everybody said, oh, nothing to see here when we reported and you reported out that this meeting took place. But now John Durham has put it in a federal pleading, and they can't run from that. They can call us names, and they can mock us, but... They're, they're stuck. They are now. There is a factual tree. And there were, there were two lines that were injected into the FBI in the same day. Because on the 21st of September, Christopher Steele drops off the first of his memos into headquarters. And that's the same day that Sussman is going over trying to talk to James Baker. So they had dual tentacles of their conspir- of their story, their Trump alleged conspiracy, going in on the same day. That can't be an accident. It has to be coordinated, or it certainly looks like it's coordinated. I want to ask you about one question that arrivals over this. They're saying that they had an attorney-client privilege and they had an expectation of an attorney-client privilege. Obviously, one of their lawyers is Michael Sussman. Did he violate that privilege when he went to the FBI, or was he instructed to go to the FBI? I think that's the big question we don't know yet, right? Yeah, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's a question we didn't answer to. Um, I don't know that John Durham needs an answer to that for purposes of convicting Michael Sussman. That's right. Plenty it doesn't of matter for now. But, it, but to complete the story, to complete to educating the American public on how evil and vindictive these people were, we need to know the answer to that question. And if Michael Sussman is taking attorney-client information and giving it to the Federal Bureau of Investigation and then later the Central Intelligence Agency, there is no privilege. It's simply gone. Right. What did he give them? Piecemeal information? You can't give them parts of attorney-client um, privilege information and not other parts. You give them a piece, the rest, the other 99% is gone. So he can't have it both ways. And it's like when, when I've always been saying, they either lied to Congress or they're lying to John Durham. Either way, you know, they got caught. Well, they can't have some attorney-client privilege here to hide their criminal conspiracy and then claim it down the road as a defense, as a shield. That's not how attorney-client privilege works. And even though this judge was appointed by Obama, that the law is extremely clear. I, I would be shocked if this judge ruled in favor of them um, hiding behind attorney-client privilege. Yeah, no, I think this is just a delay tactic. It's probably not going to stand long. And I think the crime fraud exception is becoming more and more clear because if the CIA believed these were contrived data points, I mean, someone manufactured mm-hmm. the data points, and that in and of itself, submitting that to the government would be part of the crime. And of course, there's a lawyer doing it at that point. He may not know. And I want to I stress something that these guys never gave President Trump 
they all deserve the benefit of the doubt until this trial ends. The good thing about people who believe in the rule of law like you and I is we believe that they get their day in court before we make our final assessment. They never allowed the Trump mm-hmm. administration to get that sort of fairness. But the facts are really coming out in a really strong, strong way. When you step back now and this trial is a month off, or it's going to happen in May unless there's a delay, mm-hmm. what's the, what are you looking for the trial to answer for us? What are the final questions you think we'll get from that trial? I think we'll get the finally a public display of who exactly was involved. We know from the pleadings, the likes of Elias and Podesta and Mook and Simpson and Bruce Orr and, uh, you know, uh, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok and Andy McCabe. I think all those characters are going to come out as, as, as part of this criminal conspiracy. The question I want answered probably more than anything during that trial is Michael Sussman, who ordered you to bring this information and launch this Russiagate investigation on the Steele dossier yep. and the Alpha Bank server? Because he certainly didn't come up with it all on his own. I don't think he's that smart. He's definitely not that vindictive. But I know people in Clinton world, you know people in Clinton world that are, and they hired people just as evil as them in Fusion GPS at Mark Elias um, and company and went to the evil people at the FBI and Andy McKay, Peter Strzok, and Lisa Page to perpetuate this crime. So I want those answers, and I want to know how far it went in the FBI. I know people want to know how far it went in the Clinton world, but maybe I'm biased. I want to know how far it went in the FBI, yeah. and Michael Sussman knows the answer to that question. So, yep. um, if and so smart, do some of those cooperating witnesses now. I think the two key witnesses that we're going to learn are so important. Obviously, James Baker. We've known that for some time. He's been cooperating. But I think the former uh, counterintelligence chief for the FBI, Bill Priestap, they clearly yeah. have his notes now. It looks like he's a cooperating witness. Looks like he might have mm-hmm. given some testimony. If you read between the lines, they're going to know what conversations occurred on the seventh floor. They're the first two people we know cooperating that were on the seventh floor. They're going to know what the FBI was talking about in real time. I can't wait for that because we know from an earlier document we got from Bill Priestop, he thought what mm-hmm. they were doing to Mike Flynn was a setup, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he knows more about Alpha Bank and the Steele dossier as well. I'm going to guess they're going to be two of the most important witnesses. I think you're right. And I think I'd, I'd throw in Rodney Joffe, the tech executive. Definitely. And the, the, the move we haven't talked about is a move I've almost never even heard of happening before. But the defense put forth a motion demanding that Rodney Joffe receive immunity, which is impossible because only the federal government, only the Department of Justice can grant, can grant immunity during a prosecution. Yeah. Why, the question is, you know, what is this political theater? No, you have to ask why the defense is doing that. They're doing that because they know if Rodney Joffe takes the witness stand and doesn't plead the fifth across the board, um, that that testimony is going to bury Michael Sussman and Clinton world. And on top of that, Rodney Joffe has now been uh, informed and it's now public. Thanks to John Durham's pleading. He's still currently a subject of the investigation pursuant to John Durham's Friday night pleading. Yeah. Still. That means he's still a criminal target. So he can plead the fifth and be a criminal target, or he cannot plead the fifth, cooperate, be a criminal target, and then get a much better deal on the back end. So I'd look out for that guy, too. And uh, he's got a lot of, you know, he's a guy that secured that secret arrangement to spy on the White House and its infiltrated servers. So this guy knows a lot, and he's a guy that lied, I believe, and said, forget the Alpha Bank facts. Get me something that shows, you know, even if it's false, that there's a narrative and inference of Trump collusion. Yeah, and he's definitely an important, clearly an important witness. And if uh, if he's still a subject, then that means he's still under, his conduct still being investigated. 
There's one other fascinating thing about this. This was the same Clinton administration or the same Clinton Inc. group that said there was never anything wrong with this. If you have to ask for immunity, you're now acknowledging people <laughs> might have been involved in criminality because you don't need immunity if you didn't commit a crime. And mm-hmm. um, I just found the last week this strategy. And of course, the mainstream media is bearing this, ignoring this. Shame, shame, mm-hmm. shame on them. But we, we're not going to. No, no. The truth is going to get out there now. And I think that's one of the most important things. Cash, it is always a blast because you understand this better than anyone. It's always a blast to have you on. I have a funny feeling the next couple of weeks we're going to be seeing a lot more history unfold. <laughs> I love being with you, John. And if your audience can check me out at, at Cash on Truth Social and support the FightWithCash.com yeah, Foundation. Fight with, fight with Cash, cash such an important K, group. Raising tons of money to help people sue who have been defamed to get their names and cleared and get their lives back. So I appreciate your support of you and, the, and your audience. Yeah, you're doing great stuff, important stuff. Thanks for all your wisdom and insight today. I think you made it a lot more understandable, which is what we were hoping you could do. So have Looking a great weekend, Cash. Thanks, you too, John. Thanks, my friend. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a little conversation about the state of free speech in communications in America. Buckle up for that one. That's going to be a fun one right after this. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We live in an extraordinary time in American history, and one of the things that we're seeing is transformation of free speech, transformation of the way presidents and political leaders communicate or don't communicate with the public. And so I thought it would be really fun to bring in somebody who knows how to communicate, who has advised some of the biggest um, entities and political players and countries in the world, from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, even the Chandra Levy family. At one point, I'm sure you remember that big scandal. Joining us right now is the managing director of K Global, Dan Renee. Dan, great to have you on the show today. Hey, John, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. 
it is a great time to be talking about communications because we're trying to figure out what the truth is every day. And also we're living in an era where some people have become self-proclaimed checkers of the truth. Sometimes they're not always accurate in their checking, but I want to start with something a little more basic. We've, we've now had two very different presidencies back to back, the sort of bombastic Twitter driven style of Donald Trump, where you never had a doubt where Donald Trump stood at any given moment to now the little bit more murky, not always accessible president and sometimes a disconnect between the president and his chief spokeswoman on the podium, uh, uh, Jen Psaki, uh, talk a little bit about the very different styles, almost the whipsaw styles of the last two presidents. You know, it, it, it's, you know, night and day, you know, there, there's a, a huge difference between the two. And, you know, you're right with Trump, you know, you always knew what he was thinking. You know, he would always let you know that. And uh, he was one to repeat his message over and over and over again because uh, he knew that he had to. Because, unfortunately, there was going to be a media filter surrounding anything and everything that he was going to do. And that media filter was certainly something that was not going to be friendly to him. And so, you know, what he put out there was often, you know, not believed by the media or, you know, challenged by the media in such a way that Trump was always forced to be on the defensive, when in fact, when you're supposed to be communicating effectively, you need to be on the offensive. And so Trump was always having to go out there and repeat that message over and over and over again, which was a good thing. But unfortunately, with all of the challenges that would come his way from Russia, 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 to all of the other accusations that were out there, right. you know, multiple impeachments, et cetera, it came down to the fact that uh, he was having to go and spend a lot more time on defense. And, you know, they were slowing yeah. progress. Uh, his challenges were slowing progress every step of the way. Yeah, he couldn't go on offense. He always had to be on defense. I mean, there were a few moments where he was on offense, but it, it, it was right. rare. You're right. Absolutely. And, and it comes down to, uh, to, to human nature. When you are defensive about something, people might assume you have something to be defensive about. And so that's why when we advise clients, we talk about, uh, you know, it's better to talk about what you are doing versus what you're not. It's better to talk about things that uh, are, are defining yourself versus allowing other people to define you. And uh, that's something that uh, really got in the way of uh, the previous administration. Yeah. But you look at what's happening right now with the, the Biden administration, you've got a lot of people out there that are kind of protecting the message of the president and allowing him to go on offense very easily because anyone who's challenging is all of a sudden, you know, you know, they could be called a racist. They could be called, uh, you know, there could be a conspiracy. There's something out there that uh, is, you know, an explanation that uh, no one knows about. And despite the fact that the stories change on a regular basis, anyone who's out there that's kind of challenging out there, they might have their Twitter throttled. They might have, uh, you know, more um, challenges on social media. They might not even have an opportunity to get the message out. I mean, let's look at what happened with the Twitter censorship of the New York Post and, uh, and other outlets out there, too. I mean, there are lots of people that have put out real information that was challenged by others that, um, unfortunately, you know, never got to see the light of day. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. I want to talk about a couple of moments because they're, they're just awkward moments that I can't remember 
you know, I can remember Jerry Ford falling my bowling. I mean, there's always a moment in a presidency where you go, oh, well, I was just one of those bloopers, and it happens. And, you know, my, Ronald Reagan being caught on the mic saying SOBs, and you know, there's moments. But there was yeah. a moment this week where I assume a White House staffer dressed up as the Easter Bunny literally pulled the president from having a conversation about Afghanistan. Uh, never seen such a moment where the president basically pulled away and not allowed to answer a question about a substantive policy thing. And it's happened in the aftermath of several moments where the president said something, uh, usually about security or the world. And then a few days or hours later, his chief spokeswoman in the White House or the Pentagon had to retract what he said. And a lot of it has had to dealt with Russia. Are we going to Ukraine? All these different things. Um, what? How, when you look at this from crisis communication standpoint, and that's your expertise, what's been going on? Are, is the staff around the president too fearful to let him ad-lib? Uh, what's going on in your best interpretation? Well, you know, it, it's got to be a tough job, regardless as to who the president is, uh, or frankly, you know, whoever your, your client is or your boss is, when you're, when you're kind of in charge of the, the communications aspect of things, you know, you might have to walk some things back here right. or there. But it becomes that much more important. Uh, the more important you go up the uh, the food chain, and I don't think there's a whole lot more important than the president of the United States out there. And so, I get it that they're trying to protect him from making mistakes and that sort of thing. But uh, you know, John, we're all human beings. Yep. We're all going to make mistakes, and you know that goes for me, that goes for you, that that goes for Joe Biden, and frankly, that goes for Donald Trump too. That goes for for anyone and everyone. Yeah. You know, it's not unusual for people to have to walk back statements or people to to make a mistake, especially someone that's in political life. They're going to talk a lot. They're going to give a lot of speeches. They're going to mess up once in a while. Yeah, it's inevitable. We're not, we're human. Right. And and, and, and that's okay as long as we can be upfront and honest and forthright about it all. You know, if we start to trying to cover it up or to try to, you know, make excuses or try to do something that would otherwise be in the way of, of what the truth is. I mean, you know, we, we know what's going on. We know that uh, people, you know, in their 70s and 80s might have senior moments from time yep. to time. Again, it's okay as long as we're being honest about it and, yeah. uh, and you know, making sure that people understand. Because once you lose that trust and that authenticity, once people see this over and over and over again, it's not going to fly anymore. People are going to realize that, uh, you know, we might have a more serious problem on our hands than we otherwise would be aware of. Yeah. And, you know, if you're able to go out there and explain and share and, you know, talk about you know, how you're human and, and, you know, this was a mistake and this is what you meant to say, fix a problem. And you know what? When you ask for forgiveness, people will forgive you. They do. It's okay. Yep. Yeah. Even even at the top of uh, the highest levels of government. I, I mean, I think people realize, hey, a president is human. Is there a danger right now that w- all of these interventions, these efforts to keep Joe Biden from answering questions, hush them away, are they creating the aura, the appearance that maybe they have something to hide when, uh, you know, listen, I used to get on the, the train because I used to go back and forth from New York to Washington when I worked for the Associated Press and Joe Biden would get on from time to time and he would, look, you know, if he knew you were on the train, he'd come talk to you. He always put his foot in his mouth. I mean, he's always had moments where like, oh, I didn't mean to say that or I said it wrong way. Is there a danger now that they're creating the perception they have something to hide with all of these awkward moments of cutting him off? Well, again, I think that what, we, what we're seeing and what you're pointing out is lots of these awkward moments that uh, are kind of going forth with either a 
explanation that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense or a little bit of a cover up or like, like you point out that that intervention. And so, you know, one on their own can be explained away or, or easily understood. But uh, when you when you have so many of them, yeah, it does start to, you know, plant some seeds of skepticism in, in people's minds. And those conversations start to grow about, uh, you know, is there a cognitive decline or is there, you know, a, a broader issue here? Right. Uh, you know, frankly, John, we live in a skeptical age. We, uh, yep. You know, and from Watergate you know, people, forward, we've been living in an increasingly skeptical age. Yep. Right. And so, uh, you know, just because, uh, you know, you, you put out a explanation or you try to explain something away in these sorts of things, you know, we should never assume that the audience uh, or the reporters that are seeing this are actually going to believe us. And there's going to be a time if there is a larger issue that it eventually is probably going to come out. And so, uh, you know, the more you try to hide those things, uh, you know, the, the more you risk your credibility. Yeah. And as a, as a communicator, you know, our client's credibility is their most fragile asset. That reputation is what you want to protect more than anything. And so, uh, you know, in having these incidents, uh, you know, increasing in frequency, you know, if I was a communication advisor, I would try to figure out, okay, how can we avoid this from happening? Yep. How can we script things a little bit better? How can we make sure that uh, folks stay on the message that they know is going to resonate to our audience? Yeah, these are just basic, the basics of comms, and it seems like they've lost a little bit of that. I want to take advantage because uh, we're lucky enough to have Lily, one of the great, really one of the greatest crisis communicators in in the uh, in America on here. So I want to I want to walk you through a couple of things. First, walk me through. I mean, right now, Peter Ducey is sort of the Sam Donaldson of this White House. Sam Donaldson terrorized uh, uh, presidents from Ronald Reagan to George Bush with his tough questions. Ducey asked the first questions. The way that uh, Jen Psaki has handled this by becoming increasingly personal uh, in name calling and things, if you were to sit her down and say, hey, here's what I would do to deal with Peter Ducey, what advice would you give her? Or are you comfortable with the sort of um, slug it out, throw it, make it personal style that she's used with with Peter? You know, it's funny. People really don't make decisions based upon who scores the most points in a debate. The sparring is exciting to watch, yep. uh, but does anyone really making their minds up based upon how those questions are answered or how the questions are being asked? It's sparring. It's interesting. It's exciting. It's politics. It's a sport, John, uh, because everywhere in the world, attention spans are shrinking. Yeah. People kind of need that back and forth to kind of understand kind of what's going on there. Uh, you know, and it's no accident we see you know, more graphics, fewer words, shorter quotes, uh, that kind of stuff as we're talking. But, uh, you know, that that excitement that comes from that sparring is what uh, really builds the day. And, you know, for folks in the White House that probably want to avoid making news with some of the stuff that they're doing, you know, it's probably better not for them to engage in a way with that sparring. It's interesting. It's going to tune in viewers that obviously aren't going to change their minds anyway. But if they could be a rain out of a baseball game, be boring, it's not going to make as much news and it's not going to be exciting and people aren't going to pay attention. Yeah. And so if there's stuff out there that if you're worried about getting out or if there's stuff that's, that's too sensitive, and let's be real, the White House probably has sensitive information that they probably can't talk about from the podium. That's right. We get that, right? Yep. 
But at the same time, if you want to avoid making it, you know, even the more exciting secrets that are out there, you know, there's the public's need to get information. We get that. But at the same time, if there's stuff out there that they need to protect, be boring about it. Don't make it an issue and don't yeah. make people want to go and, and try to uncover it. Yep. You know, you're an investigative reporter. When uh, when people are being defensive, you're going to assume they have something to be defensive exactly. about. Exactly. That's right? the first, because we're all human. We have these instincts and, uh, oh, that guy's hiding something because he's, you know, calling me a name or something. You get, that's exactly what happens in the human dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Communications is about human nature, not about anything more than that. Yeah. It's about how we think and how we feel. Uh, such a great, such a great lesson. I think a lot of people forget that in the in the battle of the day. All right, let's flip around to the other guy. So Donald Trump has this unique problem. He's got a fifty nine percent approval rating right now. He left at a much lower rate. He's got two impeachments. He's got, uh, but he's still the king of the Republican Party. And if he were to run again, he has this unique problem, which is people seem to like his policies a lot. They don't like his demeanor. He's 77, 78. Is he going to change? What advice could a crisis communications expert give him to avoid the landmines that he sometimes creates for himself and to accentuate the things where he has a good connection with the American people? Right. Uh, You know, it it, it is important. The messenger often matters as much as the message itself. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there. Like I said, he's got got a a good approval rating and that sort of thing. But uh, at the same time, now, there are going to be people out there that are going to challenge that messenger, you know, both from the, the right and the left, uh, because they're going to see that uh, there might be a better way to achieve the same policy objectives without getting mired in that whole defensive personality issue. Right. Uh, you know, there's um, obviously a lot of conversations that are going to take place that are going to be away from the issues uh, based on personalities based on uh, attitudes and based on, you know, mean tweets and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think that there's uh, probably going to be some solutions that come to light where someone's either going to have to soften their image or someone else is going to arise that can say, you know what, I can do the same thing without having rocks at me every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's it. It'll be interesting to see if, if the president, a former president, can pivot on that because there was a moment, uh, I saw this firsthand covering the 2016 campaign, where after he had the really bad moment with the, uh, the Mexican-born judge and the uh, Gold Star families, he kind of reined it in for a while and it kind of gave him some momentum against Hillary Clinton going into the last three or four months of the 2016 campaign, probably contributed a little bit to his victory. He did a lot of local TV news anchor uh, interviews where it, it wasn't as confrontational. Um, but then, you know, once the, once he got to the big house and all the fighting started and all the, you know, in some cases, many false things were thrown right. at him. He got, he went back to that New York real estate, sharp elbowed guy. Is he, is it possible for him to change his persona or is it too much locked into the conscience of America that he's always going to be sharp elbows? Well, I mean, I, Part of, uh, you know, allowing people to be authentic is allowing them to be themselves. Yeah. And if you're being someone you're not, that authenticity, if you're lacking that authenticity, rather, yeah, it hurts, right? that will shine through and yeah. people will see that you're being fake. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's important to, to be who you are. Uh, you know, you're going to have to, to be successful, you're going to have to let Trump be Trump. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't soften the edges, uh, you know, practice some of the fundamental tactics of communication to help, you know, get your message to resonate with audiences a little bit better and that sort of thing. But 
you know, put yourself in the audience's position. Put yourself, uh, someone having that awkward conversation that is afraid to put a yard sign in their front yard for fear of what their neighbors are going to say about them. Or, you know, are their kids going to have friends at school? Because politics is divisive. And people, you know, will take things personally based on who they support or who they don't and, and that sort of thing. And so if you really want to have that level of support, Consider the concerns of the audience. What do they care about? What do they expect of you? What information do they need to know? And, you know, it's important to, you know, yeah, maintain your dignity. And, you know, if you need the sharp elbows once in a while, that's great. But you need to be really careful about how you you put that stuff out there. I mean, you know, and frankly, you know, people can lose their temper once in a while, and that's okay. I think that, uh, I think the the phrase lying dog face pony soldier uh, (laughs) erupted once in a while. And, uh, We've seen uh, a couple of things from from others that um, you know let that uh, that anger and frustration distract from their point, and so it's important that um, anyone that's, that's out there really tries to maintain their authenticity while also making a point that's going to resonate with their audience. Yeah, don't don't get in the way of your point. Yeah, exactly. Or don't do something that gets in the way of it. I want to get the censorship as sort of the last topic, but before we do. Um, uh, there seems, you know, Joe Biden's down at 33% in one of the polls, 39 in another, but it, it, he's definitely much lower than he started his presidency. And he, his argument to the American people was big government will work. I'll make big government work and I'll be more competent and less dramatic than my predecessor, a la Donald Trump. Uh, after Afghanistan, the competency issue really took a significant blow. And I think uh, Afghanistan sort of burned into everyone's consciousness. And now you see with the border, Democrats running from him on Title 42, maybe don't do it until after the election. Please don't do it now. Um, there seems to be the the core things that he connected with. He was going to be the affable, con- um, uh, uh, capable guy who could prove that big government actually worked. He seems to have a record that runs contrary to that now. What does he do, or is that burnished into the American public in a very big way right now? There are so many failures that uh, have taken place. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of uh, folks out there that, uh, you know, that, that are having a rough time accepting all of these things that have gone wrong. Uh, and on top of that, the, the inflation that we're all feeling, the, uh, the, the economic uncertainty that's out there, there's, um, there's, there, there's a lot of things out there that uh, – are going to make people skeptical. And, you know, it's going to be really tough to, to bridge over and to maintain that same message moving forward. And there's got to be some sort of adaptation or some sort of admission along the way that, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, some of the, the decisions that were made weren't necessarily the best decisions, but, you know, we have to deal with it uh, and, and fix the problems as they go. Uh, you know, convincing people to stay the course when the course seems to be the wrong one uh, becomes that much more difficult. And so what I think needs to be communicated from this White House is some of the changes that they might make. And, you know, look, it's tough to admit when we've been wrong. It's tough to admit mistakes. But you know what? If we do and we talk about not only the mistake that was made, but what can be done to fix it, you know, then maybe talk about doubling down a little bit on some of these solutions that they've started. And, you know, and if that works for their audience, the people that put them in the, um, the white house to start with, yep. then then that's going to work for them. Now, again, I think that's going to be a tougher sell, especially in the midterms. But, uh, yeah, I think that there's going to be a, 
you know, a, a definitely a shift once uh, once November comes around. And if they don't start to talk about new and different solutions, there's going to be others that talk about new and different solutions for them. And I think we're going to see kind of a repeat of, of 1994 all over again. Yep. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see a Newt Gingrich, Bill Clinton working together type yeah, situation. Because that's what happened. I mean, balanced budget. We got uh, workfare and welfare reform done. Uh, there was a moment that the 94 election brought a lot of progress, I think, that American people thought was pretty good. I mean, we had a couple of years of a balanced budget, which seems like such a distant memory now uh, with, right, uh, right. with our deficits at one, two trillion dollars a year. Um, I want to finish with something that uh, whether you're a crisis communicator or just a communicator or just an everyday American, I think is on a lot of people's minds. And of course, uh, Elon Musk has a way of capturing our imagination on so many things. So he's brought it to the forefront, probably in a way others haven't. But this battle over free speech, the battle that there ought to be truth setters in in institutions like Twitter, Facebook, uh, the American government, uh, your thought about it and have some of these institutions, particularly big tech, overplayed their hands and is there, is there the potential of a reckoning on the horizon for them? I, I mean, I think that, it, that it's, it's already come. Uh, you know, the, the social media companies, you know, they have enjoyed Section 230 protections for a long time. Uh, social media companies uh, are able to, uh, you know, amplify voices or throttle voices depending on, you know, who they think uh, is, is right or, or what, what is best. We've all seen uh, suspensions, shadow bans, uh, messages, disclaimers, fact checkers, you name it. It's, uh, it's been a frustrating way for people that are looking for these entities to provide a marketplace of ideas. Give us the information and let us decide what we want to believe, what we want to consume, instead of trying to, you know, be a one-sided narrative. And so the, the, the dialogue has gotten to the point where most people are looking for alternatives out there. And, you know, at this point, I don't think there's anyone that's really going to beat social media at their own game. Right. But, uh, you know, there are alternatives. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, the, the truth social that, uh, that the Trump is launching has kind of gotten off to a bit of a rocky start. Uh, you know, I think that there's probably still some, some challenges there. But, uh, you know, th- there's, there's definitely alternatives that are going to be developing to, to build up that robust marketplace of ideas because people want it. People crave it. People don't they want do. to be told what to think. They want to be able to make up their own minds. Yeah, no, they really do. They, they, they want to just you – know, I think they want to be trusted more. I think what's happened is a feeling like – you don't trust me with information anymore. I can, I'm big enough. Let me make up my own mind. And there are these right. glad handers that have told me you're not smart enough for this. And that's always the biggest mistake politicians and news media people make. The American people are way smarter than they often are given credit for. And I think that they, they've run into a buzzsaw with that. Dan, how do people watch and, and engage with you at K Global? I mean, you if they're listening to you, like, hey, I got a crisis. I want to. Uh, how do they stay in touch with you guys and follow the good work that you do every day? Well, well, you know, kglobal.com has a, has a link to my email and, uh, you know, they can always, uh, you know, Google Dan Renee and, uh, and I'll pop up or, you know, give me a call, send me an email. But, uh, but kglobal.com is, uh, is an easy way to find me. Yeah, well, I am a huge fan of all the work you've done, and it's fun to get you on this podcast. We've got to do this regularly because uh, I think the world of communication is going through extraordinary upheaval, and I think there's a lot of lessons uh, and case studies being written right now of what to do and what not to do. So we're going to have you come back and referee more of that in the, in the near future. You bet you anytime, John. Glad to do it. I am uh, so glad that you're on today. Thanks for joining us. We learned a lot. It was great, Dan. Thanks again. 
You betcha. Thank you so much for the time. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Just a few seconds. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. I really learned a lot. Cash Patel's insights are so interesting. He really understands this case because he knows all of the minutiae detail and the big picture because of all the work he did. Remember, he sat across from a lot of these characters and interrogated them, talked to them about it. And I think that that has become a very important part of his knowledge base. And I think more than anyone else in this country, he knows what's going on. we got to keep an eye on that Sussman case, which, by the way, is coming up to trial in the not-so-distant future. It's going to be pretty interesting. All right. Now, before we go, before we get ready for the weekend, a couple of quick things. First, we always have an extraordinary group of folks that support us. Great sponsors, great advertisers, great partners. And one of them is American Financing. And if you want to save a few hundred dollars a month or spend less on monthly bills, it's time to consider a mortgage refinance. And our good friends at American Financing, well, they offer free mortgage reviews with no pressure, no obligation, and no upfront or hidden fees. Just a simple conversation around ways to save up to $1,000 a month. Just a simple conversation around ways to save up to $1,000 a month. Think about that. I said it twice for a reason. That's really a lot of money especially in an era of inflation. So all you got to do to get started, call 866-890-7706. That's 866-890-7706. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, org. All right, folks, be sure to tune in Sunday. Our Sunday podcast is going to be a blast. We're going to have Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. We're going to have the great Yale medical professor, Harvey Risch. We're going to have Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, Congressman Austin Scott of Georgia, and the former CEO of McDonald's, Ed Renzi, who right now is leading a boardroom initiative to fight back against woke corporations, to work with board directors, to work with investors and institutional investors to say, corporations varying into politics on one side of a political debate are not serving their customers, not serving their investors. They're putting the value of companies at risk like we've seen with Twitter, like we've seen with Disney. He had an amazing conversation on our TV show. Check them all out this week. It's going to be a great show. All right, folks, have a great weekend. God bless. We'll be back on Monday with another round of uh, great interviews and exclusive stories right here on John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. 
Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.